I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Welcome back to r slash entitled people. Or pretty much Karen's stories at this point, right? <laughs> Guys, I hope you're having a wonderful day today. And in this episode, you're in for a wonderful, wonderful treat. Because the stories today are absolutely absurd. So the first story, an entitled Karen gets what she deserves. The second story, a customer learns a lesson in the form of instant karma. The third, an entitled jerk uses do you know who I am? And we'll finish off with a super duper crazy story about a Karen who comes and goes as she pleases. Guys, you need to hear that story because it's absolutely absurd. My friends, strap yourselves in because this episode is really, really long and do hit that subscribe button for future stories. Let's dive in, my friends. So, I worked at a pretty popular department store for years, and all I have to say is that the customers this store breed are the worst of the worst. This store is probably 90% of the reason that so many customers feel entitled as they do. I've had customers say things to the manager like, The cashier had hiccups, it was so annoying, is there anything you can do for me? Like a discount or anything? That was an actual honest-to-god complaint that one lady had for me when I was a supervisor. So anyway, I was covering a breakup at the registers. I was a supervisor at the time, and I also had given my two weeks notice, so I was beyond fed up. So, I'm at the registers, and this Karen, who couldn't have been more than 40 years old, comes up with a huge cartful. Anyone who has worked retail, you know this woman. She's got the hair, the fake tan, the jewelry, the sunglasses on her head, and she's smacking her gum at me while she talks on the phone. The entire transaction is delayed because I need her to pay and she starts to ignore me, because apparently, I'm the rude one for interrupting her phone call. She then proceeds to tell the person on the other end, give me a second, and finally turns to me and says, as if I'm the impatient child testing her last bit of patience, yes. I told her, here's your total ma'am, do you have any coupons or rewards to use today? She nodded, and here's when she drops a few clippings on the counter in front of me, ignoring my outstretched hand, and she turns her attention back to her phone and starts chatting again. As soon as I look at the coupons, I see that none of them are usable. She has one that's $10 off menswear purchase of $50 or more, and she has all women's clothing. The next coupon expired two months ago, and another one doesn't even start for another week, etc, etc. So I try again to get her attention. She's just as lovely and as accommodating as the last time. She rolls her eyes, tells the person on the phone that she'll have to call them back, and gives me another sharp, yes? I told her, sorry ma'am, but this coupon, it's expired, and this one hasn't started, and this one is only for when you purchase $50 of menswear. Do you have any other coupons or rewards? Now, she stares at me like I just called her mother some unsavory name and says, uh, excuse me, what? What could I do but shrug helplessly? She says, You've gotta be kidding me. This is the entire reason I came here today. To use those coupons. I really, really can't use them. Unbelievable. You guys have terrible customer service. Listen, I'm not gonna leave until you give me a discount. She said that while she's packing her useless coupons back into her purse and glaring scorch marks into my soul. Remember I said I was done? My patience before Shopzilla was already at zero. And she tipped the scales. 
I was officially in the negatives. I had negative cares and negative patients left. So when she said, you should be ashamed of yourself being so rude to a customer, something in me snapped. I smiled sweetly at her, mustered up the bright and cheery expression that I usually reserve as my waitress face and said, I'm so sorry you feel that way, ma'am. But on the bright side, since it's Tuesday, I can still apply your seniors discount. So at least you're not losing that one, right? Now listen, I can't quite describe her expression. I think it was angry, mortified, and confused all at once. And in that state of shock, she sputtered, I'm not a senior. I mimicked her shock, trying to appear horrified by my accidental faux pas, and then immediately said, Well, you said you weren't going to leave here without a discount, so I'm offering you one. She is appalled. She says, Look at me. Do I look like a senior to you? I then told her, Oh, my mistake. Let me take that off then and promptly took off the senior discount, bumping her total up another 20 bucks. I then told her, I'm so sorry for the misunderstanding, ma'am. And oh boy, was she pissed. She got quiet, she paid, she took her stuff, and she left. I will take that petty moment of satisfaction at her horrified expression to my grave. It was even worth the write-up that I did, after she called the store and gave my manager a piece of her mind. My friends, I am always super impressed with quick-witted people like OP, offering the seniors discount today. That write-up was definitely, definitely worth it. You know why? Because Karens never forget. It'll probably eat her up for years. She'll be sitting there eating dinner thinking, I can't believe a snobby brat called me old. Well ma'am, tanning salons will definitely age you like crazy. They really do. You really end up looking like leather after a while, and that's terrible. So, the customer is always right, right? That was the attitude of all upper management in the company that I used to work for. Despite us warehouse workers having the entire system down pat, the customers who would pick up their goods always seemed to know better. At first, it was small things, telling us how to bag a lounge properly, as they watched us and corrected us, demanding that we open an item exposing it to the dirty elements in the warehouse, and then throwing a tantrum and expecting us to clean that item that we just unwrapped and to repackage it. Over time, this became bigger things, like customers yelling at us if we wouldn't load up a product, or hurry up with unloading something, usually resulting in an injury for one of the warehouse workers. Naturally, I would always try to reason with the customers, which would result in customer complaints, which resulted in the area manager sending out a company-wide email that in every scenario we could imagine, we had to do what the customer said, especially when it came to picking up their goods at either the store or the warehouse. Most of the pickups go smoothly until we get to the entitled douche of the story. He rocks up in a battered flatbed truck with his polo and his popped collar and his slicked back hair. He then scans the warehouse and snaps his fingers at me. I reluctantly walk over and he stares at me expectantly and I say, Yes, sir? And he says, You have my sofa. Oh, are you picking up, sir? He then tells me, Well, I won't be picking anything up. You boys are gonna load it. He chuckles while he says this, and I say, Well, sir, as the sales associate would have told you, the warehouse staff are unable to load anything up. It's the customer's responsibility. He cuts me off and says, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure your manager would be pissed knowing that you cost them a $9,000 sale. I can easily not pick up this couch, you know, and order a refund. I then sigh and check the paperwork, and this guy has a four-seater sofa bed. It's heavy, it's cumbersome, and will definitely be too big for the vehicle that he selected. He sees me checking the paperwork and he smirks, and he says, Just do what I say, and it's gonna be easier for all of you. I asked him, and what would you like us to do? He says, Load it up, and I'll take it from there. I told him, Okay, sir, just sign the paperwork. 
He then signs off on the pickup that he's taking responsibility for transporting his goods. Myself and four other guys grab this monster of a sofa and load it up with a little difficulty. I make an attempt to see if this guy needs any more help and he snaps at me saying, I got this chief, let me do my thing. I shrug and the guy salutes us as he jumps into his car without strapping anything down. I go to stop him and offer him some straps and he says, Are you an idiot? I just told you that I got this. He slams the car into drive and begins driving at breakneck speed towards the exit and towards the main road. Me and the boys watch, holding our breath as the idiot takes a turn at full speed. The sofa kicks up a bit, slams into the side of the truck, and he slams on the brake as he nears the main road. The sofa kicks up, hits the roof of the truck, and flips off, hitting the gravel road. Hard! The warehouse erupts in laughter as a sales associate rushes out to see what the commotion was. A few minutes later, the area manager's on the phone, wanting to know what happened. So I politely explained that the customer asked us to load up, and to only load up, and that he was happy to take care of the sofa once it was in the back of his truck. I told the area manager that I even went to confirm if he needed straps, and he called me an idiot and drove off. There was a pause, and I also happily pointed out that I could bring the signed off and completed customer pickup to his office. There was another long pause, and the area manager said, don't bother. So in the end, the sofa was damaged, and there was no repercussions as we did exactly what the customer told us to do. My friends, nothing puts a smile on my face more than some good food and instant karma. I don't understand why somebody would not properly tie down their stuff in their truck bed, especially when it's $9,000. He deserved it. He really, really deserved it. Now guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you can get in a lot of trouble if you don't properly tie down your load, and something falls off your truck and causes an accident or something, right? I have sunk the last three years of my life into the rental car business, literally doing everything from a management point of view, without all the fun benefits, which also includes dealing with the crazies who expect us to know every little detail about their life. So at this airport, the rental counters are located directly in front of the baggage carousel, so people can get their bags, their car, and be on their merry way. Our counter has two lines, one for normal customers and one for club members. Some customers are more priority than others, with different tiers within said priority. Then we have the the top-of-the-chain holier-than-thou exclusive corporate customers, Typically, they require at least an 8-hour lead time to ensure that we can provide not only the right car for them, but also have upgraded options available to suit their needs. So, it's 10pm, and the last flight for the night just released. Several customers are in line, and I'm processing them as fast as I can. It is late, and everybody is tired. So instead of the usual in-depth process to try to make a sale, I'm going bare bones. Coverage? No. Bigger car? No. Cool. Here's your Toyota Yaris. Have a good trip. All of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, this guy in a suit pushes his way to the front of the line. He says, I'm here for my car. Why isn't anybody here to greet me? I told him, I'm sorry, sir. As you can see, I'm in the middle of a rental. Do you have a reservation? He says, my office called it in. I'm supposed to have a luxury car waiting for me when I get off the plane. I know how this process works. Now do your job and find my car. Now, I'm flabbergasted. The line of roughly five customers has gone quiet, all looking at this guy. I said, firstly, sir, calm down. Second, when did your company make the reservation? He says, they made it when I got on the plane. I'm a high rental level customer, dammit. I shouldn't have to wait for this. The customer I'm talking to at this point has slowly shifted off to the side, giving me a look of, get this nut job out of here. I will happily wait. 
So I look up the reservation and see that we have one of the exclusive reservations that was literally booked 20 minutes before this started. Great! I said, Well, sir, it appears that there was some confusion with the reservation process and it was just sent across. But if you just give me a moment, I'll be happy to process this and send you on your way. He said, It's about damn time. A few quick keystrokes later and this pompous jerk in a suit has his rental. A Chrysler 300. Low mileage, new vehicle, luxury car. I point him towards where the car is, and you can clearly see it through the emergency doors at the end of the terminal, and he takes his key and leaves in a huff. Fifteen minutes later, he stomps back and says, where the hell is the car? He proceeds to throw the keys onto the counter. He said, I've been out here for half an hour trying to find this damn car. You're supposed to walk me out and clearly point it out to me. I told him, well, sir, as I stated when I handed you the key, it's out the exit door and to your right. Also, if you look through those emergency doors, you can see the car. It's right there, on the side of the building. He snatches his key back up and stomps off. At this point, I have one customer left, and some of the rental counters have come around, and we're all talking about this guy. Five minutes later, a key is thrown at my counter, just missing my monitor. He says, I'm not taking this piece of crap car. I'm an exclusive member. Give me the Mercedes sitting outside. I told him, I'm sorry, sir, but I can't do that. He said, what do you mean you can't do that? I'm not driving this stupid car around town. You're going to give me that Mercedes or I will have you fired. I told him, let me understand. You're refusing to drive the vehicle that I have available for you, correct? And he responds, it's about time you understood. I told him, excellent. I start typing at my station. At this point, somebody from the other rental counters has called security, who are casually standing back seeing what happens. I said, all right, sir, you're all set. Have a good evening. He then said, finally, where's my key? I told him, oh, no, sir, you don't seem to understand. I went ahead and canceled the rental for you. What the hell do you mean you canceled my rental? Well, sir, if you would allow me to explain, I cannot give you the Mercedes since it's not our car. It's the other rental companies. It's clearly labeled as theirs, parked in their spot. Second, I don't care what level customer you are. You're not going to walk into my place of business and speak to me the way you are. Finally, I've provided you with a car, with a 20-minute lead time which is clearly against the terms of service in the club program, and yet you refuse to take the said vehicle. Therefore, I will be terminating your reservation contract. At this point, the guy's steaming and says, Are you kidding me? You're going to give me my car or else. Do you know who I am? I'm a district attorney. I put people like you in jail. I will put you in jail. Finally, at this point, security comes over and escorts the ranting lunatic away. I promptly close down the shop, lock up the keys, and get the hell out of there. Guys, nothing screams entitlement more than a person who uses the words, Do you know who I am? So I worked for a boss who was super duper entitled like that. So there was a new guy at my job, and he happened to park where the owner always parked. And one day the owner walks up to him while he's working, and without even introducing himself, no handshake or nothing, he just said, Do you know who I am? Do you know where I usually park? Because you're in my spot. And he made the guy move his car. He made him literally stop what he was doing and go move his car so he could park in the spot that he usually parks at. He was the worst boss ever. I wish I could say that his company burned down after that, but it's still going. It's still going and he's probably an entitled D-bag still. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, guys, let's call her Karen because it fits. She came in and applied for a job. And when I looked at her resume and application, I realized that she knew some of my neighborhood friends and schoolmates. She interviewed well, so I gave her a job. I told her to be in Monday at 9am. So Monday morning comes around and she's not in. There was no calls and she's a no-show. Tuesday, there was also no call and she was a no-show. I had now written her off. Wednesday comes around and she shows up at noon. She claimed she was in her basement Sunday nights and her brother was working out and he accidentally knocked her out during his intense workout. She claimed that her doctor told her that she had a concussion and she should stay home for a couple of days. She had no doctor's note, no marks on her head, but thinking her story was so off the wall that it could almost be true, I let her come back to work the next day. She worked Thursday and Friday. We paid at the end of the week every week, so I gave her a check on Friday. I also did not deduct the day she missed. She came to me and asked about the full paycheck, and I told her that we're a family business and we realize that people have lives outside of work. We tried to make sure people knew they were appreciated and tried to take care of our people. And she teared up and thanked me and said we could count on her. She worked the full next week. And she did okay. She seemed to fit in. Seemed. The third week, she shows up Monday. But Tuesday was another no-show and no call. We did not hear for her for over two weeks. When she finally shows up, her story was the stuff of legends. She claimed that her husband had forged divorce papers a couple of years previous. Thinking she was divorced, she moved back into her parents' house. She claimed that her ex-husband was at her parents' house when she got home the last night she worked. He told her that he made up the divorce and the paperwork was so phony that they were still married and he wanted to get back together. She claims she refused and he kidnapped her. She said it took her a couple of days to get away from him and she wanted to come into work the next day. So the funny thing is, she didn't call the police and he wasn't arrested. There was nothing in the papers or the news about any of this. She was not hurt, thank God, and she asked if I believed her. I did not, but I told her that I really needed someone I can count on coming in reliably every day. I gave her a paycheck for one week. She had worked one day, and I told her I wished her good luck. I had already replaced her, and the replacement was one of my best employees we've ever had. So the next month, I come into a phone message that somebody from another company called for a reference for Karen. As my secretary's handing me the message, she's laughing at the look on my face. I asked if she was kidding, and she said she wasn't. She said she got a call from a man saying he was the owner of a company in the area, and he asked about Karen. Then my secretary asked if she could listen in on the call. She then goes and gets my partner and tells him that I'm gonna call and give Karen a reference. Now he's in my office laughing too. So I call the guy and we make some small talk. I tell him what we do and he tells me what he wants Karen to do for him. I tactfully avoid answering any of his questions about Karen directly. 
I think he was beginning to suspect something. Now, remember folks, employers can get in a ton of trouble for bad references. He finally asked my opinion of Karen, and what I said was, If you can get Karen to work for you, you will be very lucky. He heard what I said and how I said it, and he repeated that back to me exactly as I said. He says, So what you're saying is if I can get Karen to work for me, I'll be very lucky. All of my words were the right ones. It was my tone and intonation that got my point across. He thanked me and he hung up. Karen comes into the office a couple of days later and she looks mad but she's trying to be pleasant. She told me she's having trouble finding a job and mentioned that she used me as a reference. She wanted to know if anybody from a company has called me and she already knew they did. She told me she really wanted the job at the company. I told her I had been called and I told the guy that he would be lucky to get her to work for him. My secretary confirmed that's what I told him. Karen smiled and thanked me as she headed to the door. She said she was wondering why she was having so much trouble getting a job. She then asked if she could continue to use me for a reference, and I told her, absolutely. I also told her that I would tell everybody the same thing, that any employer would be lucky if they could get you to work for them. She walked away thanking me, smiling, happy, and clueless. Oh my goodness, guys. So legend has it that to this day, Karen is still unemployed due to that man. (laughs) I mean, that's gotta be the craziest missing work story I've ever heard. There have actually been people who have faked kidnapping to get out of work though, so she's not the first one. Now let me say this though, if you're faking kidnapping to get out of work, you should probably quit your job. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash entitled people. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, do hit the thumbs up, and if you missed the last episode, Three Karens meet some malicious compliance, and it's absolutely delicious. Check it out if you haven't, and I'll see you guys in the next one. I love you. I really, really do. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.